Welcome to the Bibbity Boppity Basics podcast. We're just two childless millennials who love Disney, Harry Potter, traveling, and all things basic. My name is Caitlin May. And I'm Sarah Beth Miller. Together, we're just two childhood best friends who catch up weekly about theme park news and different topics that we face in our late 20s. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we are switching it up. We are no longer a duo. We're a trio because Sarah Vest's husband Tyler is with us this week. What's up? <laughs> Why are you so weird? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what our episode is going to be about before we get into the booms and busts and the other segments for the pod. Um, today I am going to be interviewing Sarah Beth and Tyler all about their crazy honeymoon. It is quite a story and so I'm excited to be doing this as an episode of the pod. Let's go ahead and get into the booms and busts for the week. Yeah, so my boom this week is that we have a surprise that we can share soon. No, it's not I'm pregnant. But yeah, so stay tuned within the next couple of weeks and we'll share our surprise. But my bus is that I'm still waiting on my chair to get delivered. <laughs> you know, maybe by the end of the month it'll be here with Wayfair yeah. and its child trafficking conspiracies. Oh, awkward. Yeah. Lots I don't of know. my house is furnished by Wayfair. Uh, so is ours. <laughs> So, my boom is that Malibu Rum, I sound like an alcoholic, my highlight is that Malibu Rum came out with some new flavors, and their passion fruit is bomb. My buzz this week is that technology has not been on my side lately. It took an act of God for me to even be recording this podcast right now, so... Let's hope that nothing glitches and we get through this episode. I think we'll be fine. But I just want to say that I'm so happy that it's not me having technical difficulties this week. It's Katie. Yeah, <laughs> I have technical normally... difficulties every week. Yes. And I was ready to go. <laughs> I was ready to go. Sarah Beth, what have you been obsessed with this week? <laughs> So, you know how I told you I ordered this new tanning stuff? Yes. I'm obsessed with it. It's good. It's, it's so good. So, they have, like, a tanning, like, a serum that I use on your face. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mixed it with, like, my lotion. I've been putting it on. And then, basically, I just, like, love it. It doesn't smell like a self-tanner. So. That's good. Yeah, because self-tanners always have, like, that very I felt, distinct. I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it either. But, like, people who are in the know, they know when they smell you. They're like, oh, yeah, you sell tan. Like, I feel like the Saint-Tropez had such a distinctive smell mm-hmm. that, like, I could smell that from a mile away. Yeah, that's But this fair. one doesn't smell like regular self-tanner. Um, my obsession for the week has been, well, the last couple weeks, actually, has been I'm re-watching Gossip Girl. This is, like, 
Look, this is like the 80th time I've watched through it. I own them on DVD. This is nothing new. It's just literally my favorite show ever. My two pets are literally named Chuck and Blair. The most dysfunctional relationship <laughs> possible, but whatever. Look, they are very true to their namesakes. Like, I could not have picked it better. They love um, each other but hate each other at the same time? Yes, and Blair is, like, such a diva, and Chuck is so angsty and a butthole, so it works. So, what is the new sitch this week, Sarah Beth? Nothing. <laughs> I don't have anything this week, guys. I'm sorry. Um, at the time we're recording this, I don't have any news. That's understandable. If so. something pops up, you just need to make sure that you're following us on our social medias because we'll update you guys there. Yeah, if anything is just, like, completely crazy and just goes, mm-hmm. oh, 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 okay. I'll share it. We'll share it on the social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Those are our segments for this week. Let's get on in to this episode. So let's start off with the prep work for this honeymoon. We have mentioned in previous episodes that Sarah Beth and Tyler are very avid carry-on luggage people but your honeymoon was two weeks Mm -hmm. in a couple different climates (laughs) yeah so let's first of all talk about the struggle of packing for multiple climates in just two carry-on suitcases for that length of time some tips tricks what have you Let me preface by saying that everyone knows that we live in New York City and whatnot. Um, We actually got married in New Orleans. So we did not get married where we live. So I had to basically, well, we both had to pack for the wedding. I had to bring my dress. I had to, you know, had to fly with it and everything and have a suitcase of basically everything I needed for the wedding weekend. And then we were actually leaving the day after we flew back from New Orleans. We were flying to Paris. So I maybe we had, what, six to eight hours before, like, we got back. And then, like, basically yeah, we... Yeah, like that. Just yeah. Essentially the morning time, right? Right. You have to talk louder. <laughs> She's so bossy. So, yeah. So we basically, we flew in... From New Orleans, like that after, like a Sunday after, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I got in back into New York that night. Yeah, got back in New York that night. And then basically we woke up the next day and then like had to be at the airport for like one or two in the afternoon. So it was, so basically I had to be packed before the wedding and we were doing multiple climates. So we were going to Paris, which was still like New York weather in April. So kind of cold, definitely like a jacket at night, long sleeves during the day. Then flying over to the Maldives, which was a beach. So beachwear, things like that. And then back into, we had a layover in Hong Kong, which is very like muggy, kind of, you know, shorts, t-shirt, kind of whatever. And then basically outfits to fly on the plane. So we were jumping quite a few climates. And I do not like to check a bag. Because I feel like they're going to lose my bag. And I think Tyler feels the same way. You've had a bag lost. Yes. I still think that, like, when you are... 
when like you do when you have like a trip like that definitely like losing a suitcase is not an option that you want to like face yeah so i was just like we're packing in carry-ons that's what that's what's happening especially since we're going to be going through so many countries and different airlines and so many different flights right increase the chances of something happening yeah of it getting lost so and then you're out you know if you have anything important in there like your clothes or toiletries or anything like that then you just kind of stuck so we literally had two carry-on suitcases and then two like duffel bags um, and that's what we flew with and for keep, everything. And keep in mind, so we kind of pre-packed um, before we went down for the wedding. Um, but when we got back, and we'll get into this in a little bit, I was sick and Sarah was starting to get sick. So essentially most of our time in New York City before we had to go back to the airport was spent at Walgreens getting medication <laughs> for the not, trip. Not really packing and packing right. <laughs> for the two-week journey you were about to yeah, embark so on. Yeah, so whatever we did that day was kind of thrown together, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, we were basically pretty much packed. Like, I knew that, one, we were going to be tired. We were going to be hungover, because it's your wedding. Of course, you're going to drink. So, like, I knew we were going to be hungover. Like, we, you know, we're not, I didn't want to have to pack. I didn't right. want either, of, either one of us having to pack. Right. So, basically, our suitcases were ready to go at the door and all we had to do was just drop our old bags. I'm pretty sure like my dress stayed on the floor of our apartment until we got back from the honeymoon. Cause I was just like, I don't even care about this anymore. Yeah. Our, our apartment was a wreck when we got back. Oh, it was so bad. Like it looked like we got robbed. <laughs> it was really bad. But I will say like, if you are trying to pack for like an international trip are just like a trip in general that's very long and you want to pack as minimally as possible, you have to use packing cubes. It's going to give you extra space. It's going to basically, you know, kind of keep you organized throughout the whole time. So basically what I did, and I tried to do this with his clothes, but he packs way differently than I do. In one packing cube I had all my clothes that I was wearing to Paris and then in another packing cube I had everything that I was wearing in the Maldives so basically one packing cube stayed closed the like you know wherever we were and then Mm -hmm. basically like undergarments and things like that were in a different one we also washed like from the hotel that we had that's good they washed our clothes and then same thing when we were in the Maldives they washed our clothes again so I didn't really pack you know like undergarments and things like that for two weeks but I did pack enough to where I could go a couple of days, have them washed, and then, you know, vice versa and things like that. Right. So you of- mentioned, I was about to say, so you mentioned that you two pack very differently. Tyler, what was your game plan when you were packing? Because some people might be listening and is like, I'm not using packing cubes. So maybe they relate a little bit more to your packing yeah. style. I'm not a huge fan of packing cubes. Um, they do help compress some stuff. Um, but my packing style, and I you typically go on like shorter business trips when I travel uh, for the majority of the year. So I just like grab what I need, throw it in the suitcase, like, you know, group things together maybe. And like, that's it. I don't even bother with rolling. And I've tried all those kind of methods. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've kind of learned over the years is like, just I plan to rewear certain things, you know, and like not pack items for each day as far as. uh, hmm. So he like, like as far as like, you know, your (laughs) your bulkier, heavier items like jeans, jackets, things like that. 
So he goes along yeah. a lot with like one color scheme. So like if mm-hmm. he's wearing like a suit and things like that, which used to be really bad because he used to bring like four pairs of dress shoes and then just kind of like make it work that way. But it's gotten better to where he'll just pack black dress shoes and then make sure everything matches those black dress shoes. And like he'll rewear the slacks, he'll rewear jeans. Yeah. Basically like, like a yeah, capsule inst- wardrobe approach. Yeah, instead of, instead of like picking out the clothes and then bringing shoes and things like that to match the clothes, like pick out the shoes first, right? And then pick the clothes to match so you're not bringing excessive things. Any mm-hmm. any other things about packing and suitcases that you would want to talk about? Um, not really. I think uh, it's really hard to pack for like an international trip like that that's so long in different climates without like checking a suitcase. And uh, on one of our first like large international trips we did together, um, we went to Vietnam and we had like this, we each had carry-ons and then we had this like huge like 75 pound, you know, like the black suitcase that we checked and like had to do the whole like open up in the airport and like take things out of it, the whole thing, right? Because it was over the weight limit. So we really tried to not do that this time. And I think it worked well. It was, it was pr- pretty difficult because we had a lot of stuff. Um, so we had both had like large duffels that we brought with us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped. We definitely, we definitely learned a lot that trip, or at least I did as far as packing. I think there was maybe four or five items that I could have left home and like would have been okay if they weren't there. But you kind of just, you never know what the climate is, especially I've never been to Paris. We've never been to the Maldives. So it was kind of like, well, he's never been to Paris either. So like, we didn't really know Mm -hmm. what to bring. And like, now I know, oh, hey, I wouldn't bring this because I didn't wear it last time. Right. And I'll give a shout out to my mom because I know she listens to this podcast. We always make fun of her when she comes and visits in New York City because, you know, her and my dad bring these huge suitcases and it's like one just for her like shoes and stuff like that. And, you know, that's cool because like I understand they don't travel much. You know, it's hard to like kind of pack like that. Uh, But as you travel more and kind of get used to it, you know, you learn how to like limit (laughs) what you're bringing you know Um, and it it makes your trip easier right because then you have all these bags you don't have all these fees um you don't have to worry about you know the airline losing it or misplacing it and kind of ruining your trip so so the first leg of your trip was paris everything is better in paris sometimes (laughs) in your instance it was a little dicey (laughs) yeah so like tyler said in the beginning um I started getting sick, some type of out uh, sinus something. Well, let's back up. A week before the wedding, yes, I, you, you know, were here sick. I was pretty sick. I had flu-like symptoms. Uh, maybe had the Rona. Who knows? But I went to the doctor multiple times because I was really frustrated. I'm like, my wedding's coming up. I can't be sick. You know, I tested negative for the flu, but they treated it for the flu, and they also gave Sarah Tamiflu. So she took that the week leading up to the wedding. Yeah, I took Tamiflu for 10 days before my wedding. And the day I stopped taking it, I started getting sick. Oh, Livid. Yeah, so coughing and things. It was actually a miracle that I didn't cough during the vows um, at the wedding. Because it got a Kate, little Katie dicey. Knows. It got yeah. a little dicey sometimes. Katie knows. I was coughing like a crazy person uh, before that. So And I decided that... I was like, it's my wedding day. I don't want to feel terrible. So I decided to just drink. (laughs) As Katie can attest to, it was 9 a.m. And I was, we were drinking champagne. So as you do on your wedding day. Absolutely. So 
Tyler started to feel better, what, two or three days after we were in Paris? Something like that. Um, I continued to get worse. So I was basically hitting like the worst part of the symptoms while we were in Paris. I'm pretty sure how many meltdowns did I have? Like two, one or two meltdowns where I was literally sitting in our hotel room and I was just crying because I was so mad because I had been so excited to go to Paris, but like I didn't want to do anything. All I wanted to do was sleep. I slept till probably noon every day. Yeah, I was letting her, I would go down for breakfast and I would just let her sleep to at least noon before I like made her get up. Yeah, like was so bad. I really wanted to walk. I really wanted to go to the Notre Dame Cathedral and like do all of that, walk up the steps. But I knew that I would have never made it. Like I yeah. was struggling so bad and just feeling so bad mm-hmm. that I was just like, I don't want to do it. Like we can do, we took like the, you know, the gimmicky like tour buses or whatever. Oh yeah, we like did- the the double decker. Yeah, we did like the little double decker bus. It was nice because we were able to see like, as much as we wanted, mm-hmm. and I also didn't have to walk anywhere. So, like, I right. was sitting on the bus. It was fine. Pretty much went on for about the whole week. At the end, we decided we were going to go to Disneyland earlier in the week, but because I felt so bad, we pushed it to the end, mm-hmm. which that was an adventure in itself. So, let's, let's since you mentioned Disneyland, let's talk about it, because you guys had an amazing experience You ate at delicious restaurants. (laughs) Quite honestly, I'm very jealous of your Disneyland Paris experience. Yeah, so I mentioned when we were talking about international parks that I was sick the entire time. We paid for the fast pass option. Um, I used it once. Yeah, I was about to say, which, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, I used it once and then wasn't able to really use anything, use it again because I just, I felt so bad. I want to tell the story about how we thought we did the research on the train tickets. We thought we had everything figured out. And the the thing is, is it just so happened that the train that we took was we didn't have to take a train to connect to another train. We stayed on the same train, but we had the wrong ticket. Yeah, because they have, like, different uh, zones, right? Yes. And so they want to charge more people that are going into Paris, right? Right, right. Um, and so you have to buy, like, a more expensive ticket. So for people who live in a section of Paris, they have, like, 20-plus sections of Paris. The farther out you live, the more money you will pay to travel to inside the center of Paris is basically what they're saying. So you have right. to make sure that you have a ticket that is enough monetary, like monetarily, to get you outside into those outer, like, sections of Paris, which Disneyland is not smack dab in the middle of Paris. <laughs> no, it's no. not. So, it's on the country. It's pretty much out in the countryside. Yeah, so, so you need a more expensive ticket that will get you further. And they're pretty yeah. diligent about stamping your tickets, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so basically what happened is we were on our way back from we were leaving Disney. And so the way that they're if you've never like been on like a metro is they have like these it's like turnstiles but it's like doors. So we go and you have to hold on to your ticket. So you feed your ticket and then when you leave you have to feed that same ticket. Ours wouldn't work. <laughs> So we were like, oh, okay, what's happening? Can we not leave? Are we stuck here? Like, what? And at this point, I kind of had an inkling that we probably had the wrong ticket. 
but I almost kind of was like refusing to buy the correct ticket. <laughs> um, and the turnstile just happened to be stuck open. Yeah. So we went through and got on the train. And then the ticket guy came. I'm assuming it's a popular ride because you're leaving Disneyland and then you're going back into the center of Paris. Yes, it so is. So it's, it's a popular, uh, we're going to write you a ticket and fine you because um, yes. you know, you're all tourists. Route, yes. So <laughs> the the funny thing about it was is when the guy was like, "This is the wrong ticket," and we were like, "Okay," <laughs> and he was like, "No, this is the wrong ticket. You bought the wrong ticket," and we were like, "Okay." You're like, okay, can you sell me the right ticket? Yeah, or like, like well, how do we resolve this? You know, like so you can he move wasn't on. giving us any information. He was just like, "This is the wrong ticket," and we were like, "Are you gonna throw us off the train right now? Like, what what do you want us to do?" So so he like. He like gets on his little machine and prints like a little receipt thing out and shows it to me. And I'm like, like, it's like a large number. You know? I'm like, okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay it. Like, I don't have a choice here. You, you know, throw me in jail. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. I'm just trying to get back to the hotel. Um, so I think it ended up being like 75 US dollars. Um, it was the fine. And the tickets, if we would have bought them, would have probably been like less than 20 bucks. We didn't actually research any what was around there. We were just like, oh, it's Disney. They're going to have restaurants and things. So we would just kind of like winged it as far as it went for like lunch and dinner. And then we realized that the park was closing and we should probably eat dinner. Yeah. And keep and in our- mind, we're both pretty, you know, Sarah's pretty sick. I'm still kind of sick. Oh, um, yeah. And we had pretty much got there at like rope drop or right when the park opened. And now we're staying until the park closed. The park closed. So. We we're doing that. Oh, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. I don't care. So we're arguing for about a good 10, 15 minutes on what we want to eat for dinner. And we just end up settling for five guys, <laughs> you know, cause good old five guys. Everybody likes five guys. You're literally because in the food capital of the world. <laughs> we live in a food capital of the world and we settled for five and, guys. Yeah. And I just remember, it being so crowded in there and hot. And I was just like, I don't even want to eat this. Can we just like go home? And we know better, right? Cause we live in New York city. We know like you don't go to the Olive garden in times square and like mm-hmm. things like that. Like those are tourist traps. They're like yeah. disgusting typically and dirty, but like, you know, it's familiar. So that's where tourists typically, you know, uh, yeah. go. go. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's quite funny. funny that we did it. Yeah. We're going to go back. We're going to redeem your Disneyland Paris experience we have to because i didn't really get to experience disney because listening listening to you not experiencing it the way you should stresses me (laughs) because i know how good it can be (laughs) i just remember dry group cookie that's about it hey the space mountain there is fantastic though it is 10 times better than the one at disney world disney world space mountain's a classic don't get me wrong but the one in Paris is like an actual like strap in like, like roller coaster. Yes, it's great. Yeah, he was trying to get me to ride it when I was like not feeling well, and I was like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure like my brain will explode. You're like my equilibrium is already. <laughs> I uh, rode one up. ride. I rode one ride, which was the Ratatouille ride, and that ride is not intense whatsoever. And it spun around for like a couple times, and I was like, uh, mm, no, I don't feel good. It's also kind of the cool part about going to like uh, international Disney parks is like they have like the newer technology and like ride technology mm-hmm. and rides that are like coming to the U.S. parks. And so like you get to experience that before it comes here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. 
So let's move on in to the next phase of the honeymoon. The Maldives. Ooh, this, is, this is where the fun part comes in. Soaking up a little too much sun. Y'all, when I tell you I burned so bad the first day we were there, it was not good. Also, keep in mind, can I be gross for a second? So we went from a like a really dry, like cold climate to like a humid, hot climate. So and we were both sick. So keep that in mind. So um. all the like phlegm and just like all of that was coming out. All the out. goodness, like, all the goodness. All that like when you know it felt you get, so like, good. It felt oh, so good to so get it out. so great. <laughs> we could finally breathe. We were actually getting like a productive cough instead of this dry, gross cough. It was great. But he normally <laughs> This is the most me. romantic honeymoon I've ever Welcome heard to our of. honeymoon. Oh, no, 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 no. It gets better. So he normally like sunburns really bad because he's way paler than I am. So I was very concerned about him burning on the honeymoon. So I made sure that I sprayed every inch with about three layers of sunscreen. I go to spray it on myself and apparently I missed some spots. (laughs) My legs were burnt. My chest was burnt. My face was burnt. It was so bad. Like, I was almost purple. That's how sudden. Oh, I, was. I hate when that happens. It gets to like a second degree. Oh, yeah. That equator sun is no joke. Yeah. So the Maldives is like 220 miles roughly from the equator. Dang. Um, and we were in these our like our island where our resort was was in the southern part of the Maldives like mm-hmm. even closer to the equator so the sun hits different there let's just say that oh, yeah especially coming from paris <laughs> right that's like where there's no sun <laughs> i was about to say that's in like central europe like there was no permanently sun. cloudy <laughs> there was no sun nothing it was cold the entire time. It was cold when it was here in New York. So, like, going there and it just being so warm was so great. But I was burnt the entire time. It was a little ridiculous. A really monumental historical thing happened when y'all were on y'all's honeymoon. Y'all actually had just left Paris right before Notre Dame burned down. Not down, oh, but, like, yes. I mean, pretty much, yes. Went up in flames, I should say. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got to the Maldives and then uh, it was like learned two, of that. Yeah. It was like two or three days later after we got there. Did y'all there. get to see Notre Dame on your bus? We did get to see the outside, but we did not go get inside. To go in. No, we didn't go in. I, like I said, I didn't feel well. I didn't want to do anything. Right. But and you at least a, saw it. I at pre, least saw it. pre Pre-burn. Yes. Good. So, yeah, that was some excitement that kind of was just like, oh, hey, we were just there and now that's not there. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's not the craziest thing that happened, to be honest. So I heard a rumor that Tyler almost died a couple times in the Maldives. Yeah, and before we get into this, look, let's just, <laughs> let's just take a moment to say, let's just let's focus on something positive here, right? Because the Maldives is beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. You know, we had a we had a villa room with a private plunge pool and direct access to the beach. So pretty much no one around. Um, it was it's a beautiful spot. If anybody has a chance to go, you know, for a trip or their honeymoon, definitely highly recommend 10 out of 10 stars. But 
Let's focus on me dying. <laughs> so I have a fish allergy. I have a, I've had a fish allergy since I was, you know, born pretty much. Let me state that, like, we informed the hotel that Tyler had a fish allergy because we knew it was an island. They're most likely going to be serving fish, everything. Yeah, that's like, for sure. Hey, he could die. It's not really Please. the best place to go when you have it's a not, fish okay. allergy. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, but if you have a fish allergy, bring your own food. Bring some granola bars I was because they're going to keep serving you fish. You're just eating like, like you. Cheetos three times a day. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if no one really know, you know, if, if you're listening, you don't really know much about the Maldives. I mean, it's literally just a bunch of little small islands, you know, um spread out apart from each other so literally to get there like we had to take like a plane an hour plus like a 45 minute speedboat ride just to get to our island from the main airport um and like everybody that works at the resort on that island is like one resort per island like everybody lives there Mm -hmm. and like they get things like shipped in like once a week so supplies are like you know you get what you get essentially right (laughs) yeah like what's on their what's on their menu is what's on their menu so we, I think the first time, I think the first time they tried to kill you was they brought you a salad. No, so, that was on the beach. Yeah, so I have a fish allergy. Um, pretty, pretty, like pretty severe, right? Um, yeah. I've kind of, I haven't outgrown it. It's kind of got a little less severe since I was younger. But like, if I if I eat fish, like it probably won't be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, especially being in a foreign country. Yeah, and I'm very but aware of also it. Also, did not have an EpiPen anywhere near me. Like, the restaurants are a good walking distance. Right. From, like, our room. And I just, like, we inform the people of fish, like, whatever. I think something something happened and we informed them, hey, he has a fish. Oh, we were trying to plan, like, the romantic sunset dinner because it's our honeymoon, whatever. Which we're yeah. going to talk about that in a second. We told the chef hey, he has a fish allergy. Can we get a different menu? No problem. The guy comes. Again, we're on an island where the people that work at the resort live on the island, so there's a very limited number of staff. So, you know, it's not really hard to, like, Right, there is no reason communicate. why it, it, uh, it got looked over it was recurring. so many times. It bit, yes. like, three or four times, not just once. So... We tried to plan the the dinner on the beach, and we'll talk about that disaster in a second because also Tyler almost dying was part of it, but then there was other things that happened. They came to bring him out a Caesar salad, and y'all, when I wait, wait. let's let's take a step back. Uh, We have like a concierge, like not a butler, but like you know a host on the island, right? And we paid like quite a bit of money for like this private beach dinner, right? And so. He brought us the menu and said, look, we don't really eat half these things on the menu. And he's like, no problem. I can have the chef customize the menu for you. Great. Fantastic. So he comes. He takes notes. We write everything down we want. No problem. Again, I, you know, let him know that I'm allergic to fish and I can't have fish. Um, And so I'll just kind of say we basically we've tried to do beach dinners before um, in Vietnam um and it didn't happen because of the weather and it ended up the, the weather ended up being fine and so we ended up having to have it like on our balcony in our room in vietnam um so we were like oh let's try it again it's our honeymoon you know 
And that didn't work out either because of the weather. So they wanted to set us up in like this other building and like where, and then, so we went ahead and, you know, did the custom menu the night before. And then we went to the dinner and it's not really, they kind of did it without us knowing, you know, inside versus on the beach. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's, that's not what we're paying for. Right. Like right. if we wanted to have a normal dinner, we'd just go to the restaurant. Uh, it was kind of hot, no air. So um, we basically made them, <laughs> we, we, we like told our host, like, this is not what we want. We want it on be, be on the beach. So like literally they had to move everything <laughs> while we waited They're to like, the beach. These stupid Americans. <laughs> But then instead yeah, of... Yeah, we're being the most of, difficult people at this time. I mean... But, yeah. like, also he could have said, oh, hey, the weather's not okay. Let's reschedule for another night since you're paying a couple hundred dollars for this dinner mm -hmm. to be on the beach. Yeah. Katie, it was dark outside by the time... <laughs> yeah, there was no sunset involved. There the sun had set and gone to sleep. Yeah, the sun was completely gone at this point. It was dark outside. You couldn't see anything. It. This is when Tyler almost died. Yeah, so then they bring our appetizer. Which is Caesar salad. Y'all, when I'm telling you there was a whole ass anchovy on there, there was a whole ass anchovy. <laughs> this thing was not processed. No, this was fresh this out of the was, water. This was, they caught it in a net earlier, gutted it, put it in the salad. So, <laughs> And I want to say I took a bite of the salad, huh? You it's, did. I took I a bite of the salad it. and I noted some big, like, again, it's dark, can't see shit. Yeah, it's dark outside. So I, I take noticed my, it in my salad. And said, hey, I think there's anchovies in Stop this. Eating. <laughs> Stop eating. You're I think I had my phone with me. So I take my phone out and like use the flashlight his, on it. And I'm like, thing was, is what is this? this? He got the salad and like, like kind of like mixed it all together before actually like looking. I was like, hey, I think there's anchovies in this. You need to check. And then he checked with his phone. So then he, A whole ass anchovy whole just chilling. Just, just chilling. Like, Oh, it was so Just bad. Just laying there like, yeah. hey, Tyler, so, I'm here to wreck your life. <laughs> so this is where it gets interesting. So if not, if it's not interesting enough, so I take it, I, like I put it on the side on a like a separate plate. Like Sarah looked at it. She's like, yeah, it's definitely like a fish, you know? And so we call like the waiter over and like, he's like, it's kind of awkward too, because like we're on the beach like having dinner at this table and but like, he's, he's like, just like in the dark standing over, like <laughs> waiting for us to like call him. And so like we call him over and we're like, Hey, you know, like this is like, I'm allergic. Like I can't, I can't have this. And he doesn't speak the best English. And so he's like, you know, Oh, you like it or, you know, something's wrong. It's like, we can't communicate this properly to him. And so Sarah just starts saying death. He could die. <laughs> and like, to try to get the point across and like eventually because he was asking he's like oh you need you want more bread we're like no sarah's like no death he could die fish i'm like like we couldn't like, we, <laughs> we couldn't communicate it to him and he's like you want more bread and i'm like die <laughs> so mind so you, eventually he got the point i was just like take the salad just take it away and then, so their customized menu for us was beef tartare, this raw duck thing, like all this like raw type meat, which we don't eat. Like mm -hmm. I just, I'm not, whatever. 
But the fact that we were like, hey, we can eat chicken, we can eat beef, which mind you, we had eaten at the restaurants throughout the week. So we were like, oh, they'll do like a fancy chicken or like a steak or something like that. Right. Let's just say I've had a better dinner at Outback. <laughs> yeah. Their option of, oh, well, you can't eat fish after we are going to feed you an anchovy. I'm going to give you some raw meat because that's totally what you want to eat on a hot island. And we were like, what is this? Whatever. So after our second... Oh, and by the way, the chef comes out on the beach to apologize to us. So, so again, again, how this is good, another... How good did the chef speak English? He was better than the waiter. So remember, this is again a point where the chef of the resort is coming to us personally, and we're explaining to him, I have an allergy. At some point, you would think this would be in the record somewhere. Yes. Like, we also have a we also have a host that is like in charge like, of our whole state. our account, put a sign on the door, make him like a bracelet something, or like yeah. something. This is dedicated staff like to us. Like per right? couple of rooms. Yeah. So we have the dinner, we we eat, that's great. Um we go back to the room and I think I think it's the next night. Um they know we're upset. No, no, no. no. This is it's, the same night. It's the night. same night. It's the same night. Okay. They know we're upset. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure the manager of the resort has been notified. The chef knows multiple times that we're allergic. Our host knows. Um, they want to make it up to us. They bring us like, uh, you know, kind of just snacks to the room. Well, we get to the room. This is after dinner, I think. Um, yeah. And so it's like kind of a, like a tiered plate, you know, like they have like a, three different plates. Um, half of it's fish. So... We're speechless at this point. <laughs> Again. It was a gift from the chef. Let me just add that in. It's a Sorry for almost poisoning you with my fish salad. Here's a three-tiered fish <laughs> snack platter. So at yeah. this point, I am livid. So livid. I call and I'm like, I call room service. And I'm like, hey, this happened. There is an food allergy in this room. We need the, we need you to come get this right now. Would you like something else? No, I need you to come get this out the room right now. And, and they were is, like, "This is our host, right?" So, what do they do? The chef or the food and beverage manager—I can't remember which one at this point—comes to the room, brings us more snacks. Fish snacks. Just no, snacks no. In general. At okay. this but like point, to exchange we, for the fish, and I'm like, no, I don't want any snacks at this point. This is also point. like, like 11 o'clock at this point. Like right. this is super late in the night. You're like, I did not ask for snacks. You've yet, Please again, try to kill me. Also, I don't want snacks from you because you keep trying to kill me. So. But what's funny is, um, I won't name the resort, but it they didn't offer to like, you know, refund anything, refund the dinner or, you know, um, I was, you know, I'm a loyalty member with this hotel chain, so they didn't offer for like any points or anything. I think I maybe emailed the general manager like after we left mm -hmm. and they ended up giving me like a really small amount of points, you know, um, not impressive at all. No, that's very annoying. Not enough. For not the enough. amount, for the amount of money. Not enough to shut you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You should out them. You need some hush money. And then it just keeps getting better and better. So... You mentioned during your poison story that the weather was giving y'all problems. Let's talk about how the weather affected y'all getting off this little island. So I'm going to pause the episode really quick to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make a podcast. 
let me explain. First of all, it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back into the episode. So, so let's keep in mind, um, the Maldives is very small islands. The main, uh, the main island, uh, Malay, is uh, kind of where the majority of the people live. Not the, not the people that work at the resorts, but the people that live in the Maldives. The citizens live on this main island. This is the way the main airport is, mm-hmm. where you get on like your seaplanes and like your boats and stuff to get to like the resorts. Um, so the airport's not that big. It's not that fancy. There's like one lounge that you have to pay for. You know, there's no free Wi-Fi. There's nothing like that. Which is understandable because it's an airport in the middle of nowhere. Right. Mind you, right. we have now taken a 30-minute speedboat ride on the most choppiest waters I've ever been on in my entire life. Oh. I am very seasick at this point. I am wanted to hurl on the boat. And, like, these guys are laughing because they're just like... They're used to it because, like, they're they do this every day, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I am green. I am just not feeling it. We finally get to the airport, and we have to take. Oh, I want to say like a propeller plane, but it's, yeah, it's not a, a propeller plane. It was, yeah. Okay, so it was that a was propeller a... plane for like 45 minutes from where the the speedboat dropped us off to the main island. It's like a little mini like airport type thing. Right. So we had to get there surprisingly it wasn't bad which he had warned me that those type of planes do when they do hit turbulence it drops like kind of a bit mm-hmm. wasn't a problem for me it was I, I was fine wasn't an issue so when we finally got to the international airport in Malay, a huge storm rolled through oh no and our plane was delayed eight hours Oh, mind you, it had been delayed an hour to two hours and now it's just pushing time to eight hours we had a connecting flight, I don't know, pretty close. Like, we should have had plenty of time to, like, go into a lounge because that was, like, his thing. I want to experience the lounges and all of that. So, oh, we were also going to stay the night in, in Sri Lanka. Lanka. No. Oh. Um, no, we home. weren't. Not originally. No. So, our original oh. plans is to, was to leave Malay, Maldives, and uh, have a short layover in Sri Lanka and then fly to Hong Kong. Um, so the connecting flight was in Sri Lanka, um, because there's limited destinations that you can fly to the Maldives from. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so because of the delays, we, you know, we end up finally got on the flight and we were like, I'm like, there's no way we're going to make this flight. Like this is gonna be super tight. Like if we make it, it's going to be a miracle. Right. So, um, we, we landed and I don't even remember, it was like an hour and a half, you know, I mean, from departure, right? So in these international airports, it's not always like in the U.S. where you just get on, go to the gate, have a jet bridge, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go to the gate, you got to get on a bus that takes mm-hmm. you out to the, the tarmac to yeah. then to get on the plane, right? So it's a process, it could take 30 minutes to an hour, so you can't just show up at the last minute and get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Right, especially check- especially in like smaller more remote right. foreign also, countries. Exactly. It's like that. And, yeah. and there's so many planes there. They only make room for like the larger planes at the right. gates. 
Right. Yeah. So also you have to like check in at the desk and like do all like there's so oh, many yeah. extra steps. So keep in mind in. we had to go um, the way we booked the flights because I booked with points and things like that. We had to go and get our bags and recheck them. Yes. Recheck, recheck in them. for the flight. Right. It wasn't just like stay in the terminal thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we get there and I'm like, there's no way we're going to make this. So essentially we land. Um, and I don't remember if it was before we left the Maldives or right after we landed. Um, I called a hotel in Sri Lanka. I thought it was like a Hilton. And I'm like, do you have any rooms available? And he's like, yes. No, I remember now. It was like in the airport in Sri Lanka as I'm getting off the plane. I'm like, there's no way we're making this. We just need to plan on spending the night, maybe explore Sri Lanka a little bit. We're going to make the best out of it. Right. And then I'm going to get on another flight to Hong Kong. So uh, he's like, yeah, just come on over. We have plenty of rooms available. It's not a problem. Perfect. Great. So we get off the plane. And at this point, we're so tired and exhausted that – we want to stay in Sri Lanka. We just want to go to the hotel and fall mm-hmm. asleep. Mm-hmm. We're and still t- sick and, at this point. Yeah, We're still, still sick. not feeling well. You know, we want to take our time. So we get there, we get our bags, and I look at the the kind of the TV monitor, and our flight is delayed. Your Hong 30, Kong flight. Our Yeah, from Sri Lanka to Hong Kong, our flight's delayed, uh, I guess, by 30 minutes to an hour. And I said, Sarah, there's a chance we can make this. Do you want to try to make it? I said, or we can just forget about it and, you know, go to the and, hotel. And stay in Sri Lanka. Yeah, exactly. And so she's like, let's just try to make it. We go up to the desk and say, hey, do we have time? And she's like, if you go now, you do. And so we literally, like, run through security and, like, make it to the gate. And they haven't even started boarding yet because of the, the delay, which is a miracle, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because sure. we had to go, like, we didn't have, like, pre-check, clear, nothing. Like, we have to go through regular security at this point. Yeah. And, right. like, it's take your shoes off, like, whatever. So right. we are we are hustling through security. Um. So, yeah, we end up making it on the plane, and we, we make it to Hong Kong. Uh, but before we get into that, when we get to Hong Kong, we find out there was bombings. Uh, this was around Easter, right? 2019. In Sri Lanka. Yep. In Sri Lanka, there was bombings. Yeah. Um, and the one of the hotels that got bombed uh, was right across the street from the hotel we were going to stay at. So our flight from basically Sri Lanka to Hong Kong was technically an overnight flight. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we were supposed to sleep on this flight um, because we were so stressed because we had been in an airport all day. So, like, at that point, there was also, like, a time difference. Like So, like, by a couple of hours. So, mm-hmm, like, yeah. we're fighting jet lag at this point. Mind you, we had flew from New York to Paris to Abu Dhabi to the Maldives. Now back to Sri Lanka. So, like, we're kind of fighting a couple different time zones. Yeah, I think and, you've and, switched time zones at least four or five times. If I'm, yeah, if I'm picturing it right. And keep in mind, the flight from Sri Lanka to Hong Kong is not a long one. It's like, I think maybe like four to six hours at the longest. Yeah, it's not long. So really at this point, we're only getting four to six hours of sleep. But we were like, oh, it'll be fine. Because we were supposed to have been able to relax because we were getting to Sri Lanka a lot earlier. We actually, Mm -hmm. oh, I forgot about this detail. We actually had dinner planned at a like a water ocean side um restaurant that was like really popular on like TripAdvisor. we had like done some research in sri lanka so we were actually our layover was so long we were going to leave the airport and go eat in sri lanka yeah and go back to the airport it turned into like 30 minutes of running in the airport yeah Yeah. basically what happened so 
at at that point, like your body is running on fumes, and mm-hmm. we were just so exhausted. Like we were past the point of exhaustion where we could no longer sleep. So we were supposed to sleep on this flight because basically now we are dropping our bags at Disneyland Hong Kong, and like going to the park. So, yeah, so so we land in Hong Kong, right? We we take our stuff, we go to the bathroom, and we change into our Disney clothes, brush our hair, whatever we got to do to freshen up, right? Right. Come back out. We literally exit the airport, get an Uber to Disneyland Hong Kong. And we get to Disneyland Hong Kong, and we check our luggage at the luggage check and literally just go into the park. <laughs> like, nothing's yeah. ever happened. So this is another thing we're, like, trying to make, right? Because we had... Uh, lunch reservations at this at this restaurant oh, at Disneyland yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. The, the um, and our flight was delayed. The dumplings, the dumplings yeah. that yeah. you have to ha- the... reserve twenty four hours in advance. Oh yeah, I had to call in the Maldives to reserve these dumplings. So like at this point, we're getting these dumplings because that is like the one thing. If you are in Disneyland Hong Kong, you have to go to the Disneyland hotel and you have to eat these dumplings, or it's like dim sum. They're character shaped. That's why they're yeah, special. They're, yes. By the way, we made it. We made the reservation time. Barely. So we made it for lunch because of the fact that, like, our flight was supposed to land, like, two to three hours earlier. And, like, we were going to get there right when the park opened. And our reservation was for, like, 11-something. And we didn't actually, like, get into Hong Kong until, like, 9.30. Mind you, we have to get out of customs. We have to get a taxi. We have to right. drive to Disney, which is like a good 45 minutes away. Right. To make the this parks ele- are always outside of the city center. Right. So stressful. And then I just remember looking at the Disneyland Hong Kong <laughs> castle. I knew and that's where like, you were going. I mean, like, this is what we came here for. I do want to ask you, though, how it was being in a theme park with extreme jet lag and all of all of the like obstacles on top of all that and the lack of sleep because of how y'all got to Hong Kong. I don't know. It was weird because I honestly don't remember much. Which is a testament to how it was. Yeah. I don't. A theme park sleep deprived. I think, I think we did a great job of making the best of it. Right. I think at that point we were past like exhaustion and we were just kind of delirious. We were just like, okay, now we're just like running on fumes here. Like we're just going to do it. And so we went eight, and then we went to the theme park, and, uh, you know, Sarah I mean, Sarah got disappointed by the size of the castle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think Hong Kong was really great because, um, and y'all may have talked about this before in, like, previous episodes, but, like, yeah. the crowd levels were really low mm-hmm. um, because a lot, it's not a huge international park where, like, people travel to, so it's a lot more Hong Kong locals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, you're not waiting two, three hours, like, in Disney World, right? Right. Um, I think the longest time we waited was like maybe 30 minutes for a ride. Yeah. If that. So. so like we were able to ride everything that we kind of like wanted to. Like we had done obviously like a little more research on the rides and things like that. So we knew what we wanted to ride. I just honestly like I just remember just being so exhausted at the end of the day. And I was like, I'm just ready to go to the hotel. Like I was so done. Just I needed sleep and I needed mm-hmm. to sleep for like a good 48 hours. Right. But you know that doesn't happen. So after we left Disney, we went back to our hotel and we woke up the next day and went and explored Hong Kong. Cause, and it sucks because we both love Hong Kong for some reason and we never spend more than like 24 hours there. So mm-hmm. like we're trying to like hit all the stuff 
very quickly. And then we ended up going after that. Like, we explored Hong Kong for a couple of hours. And then it was time to hop a plane back to New York. What would you choose to do differently if you could do this trip all over again? Not a beach dinner. <laughs> I figured that was going to be the top of y'all's list. No Caesar salads. <laughs> With anchovies. Well, we also did like this, this like private island, like lunch thing. Honestly, I wouldn't do that either. Why not? We, we, because it wasn't, it wasn't worth the money that it was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. At least as far as like the food. Like, yeah, it's great that you're like on this private island, but like you're on an island already. Right. So you're paying more money to go to a deserted island where they give you this cell phone in case emergencies happen that had no signal half the time. So, I mean, that it was... stresses me. It was very... I was very stressed out because, like, I thought that they were going to stay on the island, mm-hmm. like, with yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. They dropped us off and then they left. That's completely... I mean, it was kind of cool. I mean, I think the reason we did is because, like, it was our honeymoon. We kind of want to splurge. And, like, what this literally was was, like... They bought, the hotel chain bought an island not far, like maybe 15 minutes from the Mm -hmm. main island that the resort's on. And you can pay to like, they'll basically pack you like a picnic lunch. You pick everything you want. And like, they'll literally drop you on this island, like take a boat. And they set everything up beforehand. They drive you to the island on the boat and like literally give you a satellite phone and leave you for like two hours. Yeah. You can go walk around the island. There's nothing, there's no one else on this island. It's, It's completely deserted. So it's pretty cool. So anything so I, else that you would do differently? I would never do a romantic beach sunset dinner <laughs> on the beach ever again. And if we ever go on another vacation and he's like, hey, you want to do this? I'm going to be like, no. Do you not remember the last two times that happened? Yeah. What about you? What I don't, you I don't do know. I mean, I don't typically have a lot of regrets because I think like everything happens for a reason. I think it was a great adventure, you know, yeah. even though like, you yeah, know, sure. the mishaps that have happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would do anything differently. Um, I would, I would choose like for us not to be sick. That's like the yes, main thing. That's fair. Um, because you know, along this trip, like, uh, we had like first class flights scheduled and like, these are like live flight, like the, like the best of the best flights that like I used like a bunch of points for to, to book. And like, these are like, literally if you'd pay cash for these, it'd be like, Twenty thousand, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars for this plane ride, right? And um, you know, so I don't think Sarah got to enjoy it as much as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. She could have because she, she just sick. was sweating and just not feeling good, you know. So. Yeah, like I'll, for the example of that is on one of our flights. I think it was to what was it to Abu Dhabi? That was the apartments, right? Yeah. So this was a really expensive flight. Mind yeah. you, like, the we... The ET, ET apartments. I don't know if everyone's familiar mm-hmm. with that, but yeah. So basically we had, like, a waiter, like a chef, come up to us and ask us what we would like for dinner. Mind you, when I'm sick, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, please just leave me alone and let me die in the corner. Like, I... I am like that old animal that wants to go in the corner where no one can see and just die alone. I just want to die. Maybe they should have gave her the fish. I don't know. He kept asking me questions. He was like, what do you want for dinner? Like, what can I make for you? Yeah, I'll customize anything for you, whatever you want. And I'm just like, I don't know. Can you just surprise me? I don't feel good. Can you give me some chicken noodle soup and some saltines? (laughs) He was like, well, he was like, I can do. He was like, I really recommend the steak. Like, it's really good. And I was just like. He's like, how do you want it cooked? And I was like, I don't care. Surprise you. Surprise me. Mind you, I don't do that normally. This don't is like write. some of the best 
reviewed food in the skies. Right. You're at a Michelin star restaurant, 35,000 feet in the air. In the air. And she's like, I don't know. Surprise like, me. She, she's like, do you want some rosé champagne? That's like a $200 bottle of champagne. And I'm like, no, thank you. You're like, can I have some water? Then I'm like, do you have lemon lime Gatorade? She, our flight, my flight stewardess was so amazing, though, because she, like, I guess she figured out that, like, I didn't feel well because, like, I kept asking for, like, soup. Like, please don't. She was getting the hand. She was kind of getting it. I was sweating all the signs. So at this point, like, he could come have dinner. Basically, like, you can go to each person's, like, apartment to have dinner. Mm-hmm. And she asked, she asked me, she said, do you want your husband to come over here? Do you want to go over there? And she's like, wait, no, never mind. She was like, men come to women. She was like, women never chase after women or, like, something along those lines. Yes, queen. So she ended up, they set up dinner in, like, my apartment area. I just, like, remember her being so, like, good to me. And she, like, brought me tea to kind of, like, soothe my throat or whatever. Also, this plane had a shower on it. So we showered on a plane. That's amazing. It's the best thing ever. It was really cool. And I regret that I didn't honestly get to experience it. But I mm-hmm. remember her waking me up and telling me, your time to shower, it's it's now time for you to shower. Like, because they have to, like, schedule time for each of the passengers. Right. She was like, if you don't want to shower and just wait until you get to your hotel. She was like, I just recommend you turn the water all the way hot and you sit in there so that way you can like because i'm like all congested like she was I'm trying just, to like clean out your sinus sh- yes she was like if you don't want to shower i just recommend you sit in the bathroom turn the water all the way up the entire five minutes you have and just let the steam kind of like help you and then i remember after that like i had like a cup of tea waiting that was like green tea and honey oh. the best so but so this this is like you have like a full like I guess full size bed on these planes. So like you have like this huge like it's almost like an executive leather armchair is your like mm-hmm. your airplane seat and then the the bench across from you that's like essentially your footrest that whole thing folds down to like a full size bed. Um, and then like half of the partition open. So we had like adjoining seats, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so like from the waist up, like we could like see each other and things like that as we were laying down in bed. And, like, all I remember is, like, Sarah not wanting to lay down and, like, just wanting to sit up. So, like, not enjoying that at all. I'm like, oh, man. I wanted to sit And you're, like, living your best life. I wanted to I'm like, no, you have to lay down. Like, this is, like, the best, like, airplane seat in the sky. Like, you have to lay down. And I just wanted to, like, sleep in my armchair. Like, I didn't even actually care about laying on, like, this bed thing. And he's like, no, you have to. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) That's the worst, though, because, like, I've totally been there where you, like, can't breathe so much that the only comfortable position is, like, you're sitting, sitting up. up. That's where yeah. I was. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, no, you have to lay down. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to suffocate. I'm just going to, like, choke on my snot, but it's fine. <laughs> so. No, I, I think every, everything goes back to, like, us being sick. Because, like, the only really thing I would, like, do differently is, like, do more stuff in Paris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like really we were kind of like limited just because she was so sick and that was kind of like the worst part of like you know of her symptoms so. right what did you love about all the chaos I know it makes for a great story a great podcast episode I think it showed how adaptable we are to certain situations don't like don't get me wrong we will argue the entire time and you think our relationship is falling to shambles 
But like we just get we're very we yeah, kind of we thrive on that. <laughs> we kind of thrive on that to be honest. Like we we don't crack under pressure. So it's it can be very very stressful for like the first I don't know, 30, 45 minutes when we're like yelling at each other like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then after that, it's fine. I love a good run in the airport. My mom would slap me for that comment because I've made her like late for a few flights and she couldn't handle it. But I love, you know, a good challenge, especially in an airport. Yeah. So and I definitely think that's run that has rubbed off on me because the first time I flew, I was like, no, we got to be there two hours early. What are you talking about? Me. And now I will straight up roll up to MCO with 30 minutes before my flight and just be like, all right, see y'all later. So you mentioned several times, Tyler, that you utilize a lot of credit card points for this trip. Just basic, bare bone. I want to do a full episode with you where you dive in pretty deep. But for anyone listening who is interested in having a trip like this, but not having the budget for it, bare bone tips of how to utilize credit card points to go on a trip like this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm more of a hobbyist. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, I've I've started using you know, collecting credit card points. I think I got my first like American Express card, like maybe, I don't know, like six or seven years, you know, before when we got married. Um, so, and I didn't really spend, I've spent it here and there on a few flights, um, but I've more or less just collected the points and let them accumulate in my account. And so when it came time for the honeymoon, I had, you know, multiple credit cards with points between Chase, American Express and, you know, hotel chains um, that I have accumulated. Um, so I think I almost want to say I had like maybe 500,000 points between like Chase and American Express. Basically, I think excluding ex- for like a quick summary, like excluding like spending money and like food and stuff like that, like between the flights and the hotels and things like that. It was probably we went some pretty extravagant flights, by the way. Yeah. These are some of like the most expensive, like first class seats in the world. Our, I, between that, like our honeymoon was probably ended up being like if you would pay cash for it, like I think I roughly estimated fifty thousand dollars. I think I'm, we may have spent like five thousand dollars on that. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, and Y'all you know, made and, out and like a, bandits. A shit ton of points and miles, right? <laughs> but like, and so I utilized. Um, I know a lot about this, um, but I'm like obviously I'm not an expert. So there's like several tricks and stuff I'm still like not kind of comfortable with. So there's a service called Juicy Miles, and you pay them like 200 bucks a passenger, which is completely, for a trip like this, it's $50,000, it's completely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like plan out your trip, and especially for someone's like, hey, well, I have a bunch of credit card points, but I don't really know how to use them. Use a service like Juicy Miles, and you know you have someone contact you, and they literally tra- plan, plan out your trip for you, um, and give you different itinerary options and say, okay, here's how we can best utilize your points most efficiently. And so I use that and um, because there's tricks like the flight we took from Abu Dhabi to the Maldives, right? That was the the ETIAD apartments that we talked about where Sarah was most Mm -hmm. sick. Those are some of the most expensive flights. And um, I didn't have, you know, certain airlines and programs transfer to certain certain hotels and airlines right so you can't just take your american express points and just apply it to you know random flights they have to be like partners with each other so there's like a, a thing where like american airlines transfer to etihad airways right 
Um, and it just so happened at that time, American Airlines was having like a bonus on point sales, right? So like you can actually buy points for money. Um, and when they do like those bonus sales, you get like double the points for the money, right? So it was, at that time it was worth it for me to say for that flight specifically, none of my points that I had already would work for that airline. So I just bought points mm-hmm. for like, I think that was like $2,000. And that I was like so. the most expensive flight, right? It was probably like for me and Sarah both, it'd probably be like fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 for that flight. Right. Um, and I paid $2,000 for it. So things like that kind of loopholes or tricks, um, a service like that is, you know, especially if you, you're not an expert at it um, or, or into the points game. Yeah, for uh, sure. But yeah, it, it's pretty crazy that, you know, you can you can take do something like that for like so little money. And like, you know, a lot of people that take those flights typically like either you're like you're rich and famous or like you're using points. Right. Mm-hmm. No one like realistically plays pays like thirty thousand dollars for an airplane seat. Right. right. No average person. Right. Exactly. I'm saying if you use credit cards, you should be earning points and miles. Oh, you know, or if you travel a lot, um, I don't use a debit card ever. Now, there's a responsible way to do this. I would disclaimer, don't use credit cards irresponsibly. You want to make sure you can pay off your balance on your credit cards in full every month. Credit card debt is not fun. It's not good, right? Something I think we probably all struggled with at some point in our lives. Um, So if you can do it responsibly, it's worth it. You know, if you collect credit card debt interest, right? Interest is, it just makes this whole point, miles and points game like, just void, you know? Um, But if you can do that responsibly, um, don't ever use a debit card again. Um, So if you would like a more in-depth episode about Tyler and his hobby of credit cards, let us know because I personally need it. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think everyone needs a little bit more like help on that aspect of it. Like I'm going to be honest y'all like he's into it. I'm not, mm-hmm. I could care less. I'm just like, all right, here's this. He basically, this is what happened tell him about your list. That's what I was about to tell him. <laughs> I have a list. I have a cheat sheet in my phone in a locked note that literally says this card, use it here. So like one card we use just for restaurants, one card we use every day, which kind of sucks because like I'm, having to carry multiple credit cards sometimes there's one card i use just for travel there's one card that's for this yeah because different different credit cards earn different like bonus points you know like uh one card may earn like four times points at restaurants while the other card may earn three or four times points on travel or Uber. i need right? that cheat sheet yeah so you have to you know if you like you get into it you need like to put that. it in like a pdf yeah, yeah. right I need to create like, an ebook. <laughs> so Tyler's like, guides to credit card points. So there was also like this one points like guy who we're coming for you, <laughs> right? No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We really love you. Yeah, and if anyone's <laughs> listening to this episode, like interested in this, thepointsguy.com. Um, he does have a beginner's guide section with a lot of useful information. Like if you just want to get started, there's some you know basic credit cards that have like low or no annual fees. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of get started if you're interested in it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, a lot of our thing, which when we first got, like, there was a card that, like, it's, like, you earn four points at restaurants. When we used to go out with our friends before Corona, like, we would go out in a group of, like, 20-something people. And I'm pretty sure, like, our bill was never less than, like, a couple thousand dollars. 
I would be like, hey, let's pay for it and everyone reimburse us because mm-hmm. so you can reap those points. You reap yeah. those points. So if you go out with a that's the game, Shawty. So you know that is also option as well, but never pay for someone who you don't think you're gonna get money. Who back will from. definitely pay you back. <laughs> Make sure they actually pay you. <laughs> Surround yourself with those people. <laughs> right. So if you have a certain card that collects certain points, and you're trying to rack up those points pretty quickly without you just having to like spend money on random things, when you go out with drinks with your friend and things like that, you pay for it. Have your friend Venmo you. And then you're you're getting those benefits. Yeah. No one likes a moocher. So wrapping up this episode, is there anything at all that you would like to cover other than what we've talked about? I don't think so. This was fun. We should do it again. We should do it again. Give us a five-star rating if you want to see Tyler back on the podcast. (laughs) Am I basic now? Does that mean I'm basic? Yes. Yes. Am I basic? (laughs) I think we should have an episode where you kind of help, like, we talk about, like, the credit card points. You help me get my life together. I think we should just have a general travel episode one time. Yeah. I think you should, I think we should give a couple of tips on some credit cards that are good if you want to take a trip to Disney, but not the Disney card. Yeah. There's a few strategies around that, for sure. Yeah. Anyways. So, if you want to hear any of those episodes, leave us a five-star rating. And a review that says, we want more Tyler. Yeah. We should, like, give you a persona. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag more Tyler. Credit card Tyler. Say, you should put in the comments. Tyler the credit card magician. Be like, we need 10K. Like, 10 and the letter K. 10K is my nickname. We won't get into it. Why? uh, I was like, what? So just in the comments, guys, hashtag more 10K. More 10K. Okay. You heard it here. That's what you need to leave us a five-star rating and a review that says we need more 10K. Stephanie Meyer, Midnight Sun, is coming out very soon. Leave us, send us a DM or a message or an email, whatever, if you guys want us to cover the book with you guys. Yes. I know you guys are loving the book club so far. So if you want us to cover Midnight Sun, just in one episode, we don't necessarily... We can take we can, a little Harry Potter, little HP hiatus. Yeah, we can basically talk one Twilight episode because yeah, I know not right. everybody's into Twilight, and then we'll just go from there. Okay, well, Tyler, thanks for being on the pod, buddy. Of course, it was fun. Thanks Good. for having me. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. You were a little, you were a little apprehensive about coming on the pod. Yeah, you know, I'm a little shy at times, but. Uh... But how would people know anything about us if we didn't talk on a podcast? Truth. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. Remember to yep. rate and review us. And Follow us on social media. Yeah, and we'll see you in our next one. Well, that was it for today. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We drop new episodes every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Everything will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.